Robots Radio presents Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Hey, I can look at myself naked. Are you stoned or something? They tried stoning me, my dear. It did not work. He likes to create his own sauce. Well, did you sleep with a man who also slept with mom and grandma Catherine? What? You slept with dad? All right. Which one of you sardines calls this meat? Whatever, major loser. Let the party begin! Hello, and welcome to Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. The optimistic little karate master who really is fighting with joy and not fists. That's Chad Akowitz. <laughs> and that's the joyous fists of Simone the <laughs> Joyous fists are my band name. Ah, oh, what a great band name. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Especially because like usually we have tiny angry fists. Yeah. But today, we today of all joyous days, it's fists. joyous fists. Look at your thumbs. You're a Krav Maga expert and your thumbs are out like a <laughs> monster. I know what are you doing? <laughs> oh, well, in Krav, also, you don't do like straight um, punches because mm. um, if you're like having to defend yourself in the middle of the night, it's very unlikely that your wrists will be wrapped all nicely to make punching not soul. Um, so you actually yeah. punch like with this part of your hand and, or strike, I guess it's not a punch then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, so that's why my thumb's out the way. Right. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, first of all, I do have a question in terms of like, why aren't your hands always professionally wrapped? <laughs> my wrists actually need the support all the time. <laughs> Is there not a situation where you're like, just immediately need to do handstands and need that support on your on your wrists. <laughs> Carrying many heavy jugs of ale and I need my wrists just <laughs> I had a friend who worked at um at an Oktoberfest, uh well the one that they have down here in uh mm. Cape Town. And she said like all of the barmaids have their wrists like they have wrist supports on. Um because they're wow. carrying like all these really heavy beers back and forth. That's crazy. I mean, it's it's so necessary. Obviously, that's that's bonkers. But like, you don't think about little things like mm-hmm. that. No. But hey, get on them for workplace safety. Exactly. Exactly. You you need it, especially especially when you're bringing people the joy of ale. Um, workplace safety is more important than anything else. Anything else. God, I and miss I mean, beer you... tents. I miss a beer garden. I miss being in public and drinking. It's it's. It must be so difficult. It's more. I can imagine it's more difficult in South Africa now that they've re-established the ban. Uh, um, you know, I, I, I was obviously initially <laughs> quite <irritated>. furious. <laughs> um, but I'm feeling like I feel a lot of peace about it. I guess, like you know, we got through the first one. There's mm-hmm. nothing we can do. Raging against the machine isn't gonna help anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm okay. Uh, we, a dear friend of ours, who I will not name because it's technically illegal, had a bunch of spare wine, uh, that he he doesn't (laughs) like red wine and he had all this red wine. So he gave us about six bottles and we're just going to, um, ration those for special occasions and stuff. Yeah. Which is very lucky, but like, you know, (laughs) it's fine. Like we can live our lives. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I was thinking about this the other day because of of everything that's been happening mm. and and the fact that the alcohol ban's been reinstated in South Africa for those of our listeners who don't know. You are living the 1920s. Like the 2020s have come <laughs> around again for you. This is prohibition era. And I did like, not want them. <laughs> no, no one wanted this, but it gives you the opportunity to do bootleg alcohol and become Great Gatsby. 
just without the death and murder. Um, I mean, I guess. <laughs> Do it, you know? I, Chad, we've talked about this many times. Like, I just have the worst luck in the world. And if I break rules, <laughs> I get caught. Like, the whole way home after we got <laughs> wine from um, the friend who, like, gave us a bunch mm-hmm. of his extra wine, I was shitting myself that th- we were going to get pulled over for, like, a stop and search because you're not allowed to transport oh, alcohol either. Like, all distribution wow. is down unless you've got, like, a permit. I just, it's not for me, Chad. I can't do illegal things. The anxiety as well would kill you, I think, of, like, yeah, oh yeah, you God. you would be terrible I'd at be that. A mess. But also, fun fact, that is actually how uh, NASCAR started. It's by bootleggers who carried, oh. um, uh, who, who carried illegal, illegal alcohol and had to create cars that were faster than uh, police cars, and then it kind of just developed into the sport. So, you know... Na- I'm giving you options NASCAR. here, you know. I'm trying to I'm trying to help your your situation and just giving you okay. all these really useful, like, like helpful I said, suggestions. I've made peace with it. I haven't even started like making ginger beer or anything yet. Like I was just like right. I'm really exhausted by all of this. <laughs> I'll just hydrate really well. It's fine. So yeah. on to what are you drinking? Uh, my answer is water. Yes, as as it should be mm. uh, in in these difficult times that's fair enough what are you drinking i am drinking uh it's called alska uh and it's a italian um cider oh it's vegan friendly which is delightful and it's got sort of like well it's it's mango and yellow mandarin flavored which is it's very refreshing that does sound very refreshing it does not sound like a cider so much as like what a a spritzer uh yeah it's it's kind of it, it does taste like a, it's almost like a bacardi alcohol okay. kind of vibe yeah. um and it's just so so tasty and it comes in at four percent and it's just yeah so delicious like it's dangerous because you could just chug yeah. these things back like yeah without that fail. is that's why those drinks are generally marketed to like 16 year olds <laughs> tastes like juice i mean we both know that inside i'm a 16 year old girl i never got past my skater boy Phase. Oh my gosh. I um I could still like I still wouldn't say no to like a Smirnoff storm, you know? Right? Like the only reason you say no to a Smirnoff storm is because other people will judge you. Yeah, exactly. It's, but like if yeah. I'm in the comfort of my own home or if like that's what's on offer, like I'm not gonna be a snob about it. No, no, it's still good and it's delicious. So delicious. Why not? Yeah, yeah. And speaking of delicious, should we before we tell before I go into my film, what are we doing this week? <laughs> We are doing one of the funnest and easiest weeks to be optimistic about, Jackie Chan Week. Ah, uh, the, the the Jackie Chan. How could you <sighs> not love this man? What a darling. He's so wonderful. He's so wonderful. And I'm so excited to talk about these movies. Uh, so <laughs> I am doing uh, Around the World in 80 Days, and you are doing The Spy Next Door. Um yeah, so so let's just go straight into it because yeah. I'm I'm starting. Yeah, yeah. Now, I do warn you, I haven't written a synopsis Me for this one. Me neither. But you're good at doing sort of improvised synopses. I am terrible at this. That's what like, the editing process is for. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Okay, we'll fix so it here in we post. go. We'll fix it in post. Okay. <laughs> so, 18th century London. That's where we're at. 
Phileas Fogg, played by Steve Coogan, is a sort of wacky scientist. He's sort of frowned upon by the um, Scientific Academic uh, Institute of the United Kingdom, uh, who, which is run by Lord Kelvin, played by Jim Broadbent, who's this kind of maniacal despot who believes that he has got so much power because he's the head of the Scientific Academy that he can do whatever he wants. And what he's done is he has gone into business with General Fang, played by Karen Mock, who is a Chinese warlord. Uh, together, they were able to procure the Jade Buddha, which is a tiny little jade statue from a Chinese village, and uh, they've kept it at the Royal Bank of England. Uh, that's where our story kind of starts. Then we find out that Paspatu, or Lao Xing, played by Jackie Chan, has stolen the Jade Buddha from uh, the Royal Bank of Scot uh, Royal Bank of England. He's running away when he finds uh, Phileas Fogg's house. He then sees that Phileas Fogg has fired his valet, and he pretends to be a valet, so he joins forces with Phileas Fogg under the pseudonym Passeportou, which he saw from, he pretended to be French, and he saw a passport, and that's how he got his name. Uh, so, Steve, uh, so Phileas Fogg goes to the academy to have a chat with Lord Calvin about sort of his inventions or whatever, and they have a big old fight because Lord Calvin doesn't really like Phileas Fogg and all of his sort of trying to advance science and bring us into a new age of English ingenuity where Lord Calvin's like, oh no, everything that's been discovered has already been discovered, there's no point of doing any new innovations or whatever, <laughs> so the two are at odds. Science is done now. <laughs> yeah, science is done. So we don't need to do anything else. Everyone can uh, go home. <laughs> <laughs> How great would that be? Just like this bell, and it just rings it. It's like, science is done, guys, Everyone, go we've home. done it. <laughs> They're all in, uh, like, aggro at each other, where then... Um, Basically, Lord Calvin's like, oh, you know, the, the bank robber has stolen the Jade Buddha, and I'm sure he's, like, halfway across uh, the world to... Uh, he, he's probably just left England, and Phileas Fogg is just like, no, that's insane. By my calculations, he's probably already in China. Uh, and, and Lord Calvin's like, oh, whatever, you don't know shit. It wouldn't take... Ha it, it would take so far longer to, tra to, to, to travel to China. And Phileas Fogg is like, no, it can be done in 80 days. I can circumnavigate the world in 80 days. So they then have a bet with each other. Lord Calvin says that if he gets round the world in 80 days, uh, Phileas Fogg can then have his seat as the head of the uh, Academic Science Institute. And But if he loses, Phileas Fogg is no longer allowed to invent things. He gives up any rights to be a scientist, and his name will be publicly disgraced. So for some reason, Phileas Fogg says, yep, let's do this, and they engage in the bet. Start travelling the world, they end up in France, where they meet Monique Laroche, uh, played by Cécile de France, uh, who is a painter, a very underutilised painter who's sort of trying to establish herself. She decides to go on the trip with them because she needs that inspiration. As you can probably guess, they fall in love. Phileas Fogg and Monique fall in love because, you know, it's a woman and a man, and this is sort of the early 2000s, so why not? Why not? They... Then continue to travel, meet wonderful and interesting people. They meet Arnold Schwarzenegger, who plays a Turkish man, which is insane. Um, they go to America, and it's all crazy. They meet the Wright brothers, who are played by uh, the Owen brothers, which is super fun. They end up in China, and Laoxing goes to return the Jade Buddha to his family. Uh, this is when all things kind of fall apart, because now Phileas Fogg realises that Laoxing is not Passepartout, and he's been lying to him, and Monique knew the whole time. So uh, Phileas feels really, really betrayed, but, you know, eventually they make up and everything's fine, and blah. 
long story short, they then are able to get back to the back to the to, to the UK, but it looks like they've run out of time and they've lost the bet. But what's actually happened is that uh, Laoxing has reset the times wrong, and they have a whole extra day, which meant they circumnavigated the globe in seventy nine days. Uh, Phileas Fogg wins the bet. Lord Calvin is arrested for, I guess, treason, and uh, the end. The end. What's your clip hanger? <laughs> uh, it has to be this one. Is there anything you've told me that's even remotely true? I really can sing. Fera Jocca, Fera Jocca, Domevu, Domevu, Solele Matini, Solele Matini, Ding, 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 Ding. Ding, Ding, Dong, Passepartout, Ding, Ding, Dong. Oh, it's so cute. I am so happy that we're doing a Jackie Chan week because it's moments like these where Jackie Chan is singing Shparajaka that make life worth living. Like, is this movie amazing? No. Does it have just (laughs) absolute gems of moments? Yes. It's got (laughs) Jackie Chan singing Shparajaka. It's got Kathy Bates playing the Queen of England saying, you've been a very naughty boy, which is... (laughs) Incredible. Iconic. I cannot believe that it's not, like, a gif that I could use every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The main character, white guy, is, like, just kind of a wet blanket dude who's like, oh, I must do science! Um, yeah. And the love interest is, like, a manic pixie dream girl and, like, mm-hmm. whatever. But Jackie Chan's amazing. But Jackie Chan is amazing. I mean, that's re- it's really funny that he's got such a bit part in this movie. Like, he's 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 a secondary character. He's a supporting actor. But he just steals the show completely. Yeah. He's so good at, like, everything he does. And, you know, like, I guess, you know, when you're in a Jackie... W- w- when it's a Jackie Chan movie, there's gonna be fighting and mysticism and stuff. Which, I mean, it's a given. It's sort of like, if Jack Black is in your movie, he's gonna yeah. be singing. It's just kind of part of the contract. And even with knowing that, it doesn't make it any less wonderful. You know, I just, yeah. you, you gotta love him. You gotta love him. And he, I think his fight scenes are really unique in the fact that he just uses whatever equipment's around yeah. him. Uh, so he's just like, oh, cool, a ladder. Oh, cool, a chair. Oh, a bag of hats. Like, yeah. he just does whatever he wants with, with things. And I think that's really cool as an actor and as yeah. a kung fu expert to be so versatile. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um... And I think it's also cool, like, how he doesn't, I don't know, because, I mean, he's got so much star power. The fact that he doesn't really necessarily feel like he needs to be the star of the movie. He's like, I just want to mm. show up and do stunts and tell a good story. I don't really care if I'm not, like, the main character. No, absolutely. Even though he should have been. <laughs> Although he should have been. Um, I mean, it is great. I don't know, I've never read Around the World in 80 Days, but I'm 100% sure that uh, Phileas Fogg did not have a Asian valet that was like a kung fu expert, but it always, it does make the story so much better. Definitely. Like, yeah, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Turkish man. (laughs) Yeah, they arrived and I was like, oh yay, Istanbul, like it's so beautiful, what are they going to show? And then it's the shot... Of Arnold, and I, like, out loud to no one was like, oh, no. <laughs> At least he you didn't can... try to do an accent. Yes. Like, yes. they just Thank slapped goodness. a tan on him. Yeah. Which, to be fair, he had darker tans for every Mr. Olympia competition he's ever been in. True, true. Um, I mean, you can really t- tell the age of a film by how white the non-white characters are. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, at least he was foreign. At least he wasn't, like... 
American American. He's I know it's not German better. German German. <laughs> Or Austrian. Is he he's, Austrian? He's he's Austrian. Okay. He's Austrian. But... So it's better. It's better. Look, I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not defending whitewashing. Please understand I'm not <laughs> defending whitewashing. I'm just yeah. trying to pull something out of early 2000s movies, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I mean, was the role really... Like, I found the role really funny just because of how utterly ridiculous it was to have mm-hmm. him play this Turkish prince. Yeah. But it also didn't really add anything to the role to have him be the one playing it specifically. No, no absolutely. I completely agree. Like, it was really, it was amusing and, like, great um, casting for, like, Owen Wilson and, yeah. is it Luke Wilson? Yeah, Owen because, and Luke Wilson. Yeah, you could imagine them as the Wright brothers. But having, like, Prince Happy be this, you know, gigantic Austrian man makes so little sense like wouldn't you want to get like someone turkish (laughs) i mean without saying anything else yes someone (laughs) turkish i'm sure there are muscular terrifying turkish men that they could have cast (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely and yet they went for Arnold schwarzenegger but i guess it's the the whole star power thing you know steve coogan kathy bates um jackie chan you know, you've got all these, like, fantastic actors in this, which just yeah. really kind of draw people in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although, like, talking about whitewashing, I don't know if you saw in the news recently, uh, this is old news by the time this comes out, yeah. but um, a lot of shows like 30 Rock and Scrubs mm. are, and Golden Girls are cutting their episodes that have any sort of blackface or, or anything like that, which is, like, yeah. super cool. Yeah. It's no, really, really You nice. know, and people are like, oh, you know, at the time they didn't realize. And it's like, well, blackface has never been acceptable, to be honest. Yeah. They knew that on some level. They just also knew that they'd get away with it. Exactly. Exactly. And and it's I think it's it's very sort of telling of being a, a allowed to get away with things. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, we've become a hell of a lot more accountable and saying, yeah. no, you can't get away with these things anymore. Yeah, um, which is great. Yeah, which is excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, I mean, is there anything that you didn't like about it or, you know... I is... think the movie's really long. Like, it's so, okay. so long. And I'm not 100% sure that, like, whole tension point of... Uh, th- what is his name? Phineas Fogg? Phileas? Mm, Phileas Fogg. Phileas Fogg. Yeah. Like, that whole tension point of him not knowing about Jackie Chan wanting to return the Jade Buddha. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. sure that was strictly necessary, except, I guess, to have that turning point where the gang splits yeah. up later. It's just such a long movie. And I understand they are trying to go around, like, the whole world in 80 days. But I feel like it would have been nice to dedicate a couple more frames to like the beautiful scenery and like mm-hmm. you know there it's a traveling movie like show like how mm. insanely beautiful Istanbul is like what it's like on the streets there show how show what it's like in Paris not just the fucking Eiffel Tower <laughs> <laughs> when they get to America he's like in some shitty street and then he's in the desert and then like he's in New York inside yeah a warehouse doing the final fight. So there's no, like, there's there's not that those amazing, like, scenic views that you'd probably mm-hmm. want to see from a movie called Around the World in 80 Days. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is my scene that could have saved it, but... It's like this film is, like, a, a college uh, final project where they just do not have the budget. So yeah. they were like, right, everything will be done, like, crappy side streets and things yeah. that we don't have to pay a lot of money for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think if they remade this movie today, 
it would be really cool to see, like, what you're saying. Like, keep everything the same, barring, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it would be a great film. It would be a really fantastic film. Also wish that they'd gotten a slightly better comedic actor to play Phileas Fogg. Like, I understand he's supposed to be, like, this kind of wet blanket dude, but, like... Jackie Chan is really funny, and I think the woman in this was also really funny. Mm. And then this guy mm. just, like, didn't bring as much comedy to the role as he could have. Like, it was this character mm-hmm. that took himself, like, really seriously. Um, and mm-hmm. I think I wonder if having an actor who was better at playing off um, what the other actors were giving him and playing off the script a bit in terms of, like, the physicality of the role, like, if that wouldn't have made it more entertaining. Because I honestly didn't give a shit about that dude the whole way through. No, no, not at all. Um, so who who do you think you would have cast? I don't know. Like John Hamm. Didn't have to be, like, someone super, super funny. Like, it didn't have to be, mm. like, I don't know, them casting Owen Wilson alongside Jackie Chan again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know who it's your favorite person in the whole world would actually be pretty good at this? Michael Sheen. <gasps> he would have been perfect. He Michael would Sheen. have actually been <sighs> perfect for this. He would have been so lovable. You would have cared about his dreams and his ambitions the whole time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if he just spoke, like, he wouldn't even have to put on, like, an English accent. Like, his mm-hmm. Welsh accent would be perfect for that. It would be his well, Yeah, flawless, flawless choice. Yeah, I think that's and actually a good a shout. a slight comment on classism in British society because it's all these like rich upper class scientists just hating on the Welsh dude yeah yeah that's good that's good Mm. oh okay Netflix come on we'll turn it into a series look at us look at us amazing okay so you said you're seeing that we could have saved it more what what, what about you like what well what did you not like or what do you think (sighs) I don't know I feel like Fang was defeated so easily. And kind of pointless. Like, such a weird little side plot where, like, there's kind of an attempt to stop them, and then they get away, and it's fine. And then at the end, Fang is still like, no. Yeah, like, so, so, like, it felt like they wrote the first bit where we were like, okay, we're going to start with him getting the Mm. Jade Buddha back. And then, like... They get it, the the Jade Buddha back to to China with very little difficulty, and they were like, "Shit, we've paid for this actress, and yeah. we've done this whole fucking B plot, and it's just dissolved because we wrote this badly." Yeah. Right? Okay. There's a Jade mine. There's a Jade mine under yeah. the village, and that's why she's now back in. We're we're, we're fine, and it just made very little sense. Make no, it, it like no a much harder thing. And it's never made clear also why the Royal Science Society would care about a Jade mine in china Mm. or whether they would have any pull to actually be able to go and like mine there yeah like the general the warlord's like oh yeah i'll totally let you mine there but it's like (laughs) there's probably a little bit more involved than just you yeah and and it's it's i mean obviously they didn't want it to be like too real but like what the british did during like the opium the opioid thing to the Chinese people, like, when it was still a colony of the UK, was far more effective than, like, hiring a Chinese warlord to do that. Like, it wouldn't... Yeah, it's just really ridiculous to try and get this, like, evil Chinese mysterious woman who's deadly into the thing, but is defeated super easy. Yeah, so so I think that would have been my scene. Make her more fierce or just yeah. get rid of her completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did, you know, on that point, I loved the actor playing... Um, the head of the Royal Academy of Sciences, the bad, the yes, baddie. Um, broad, not broad band, um, broad bent, Jim Broadbent. 
so good. He also plays Ziggler in Moulin Rouge for people who like Moulin Rouge. Like Moulin And he's Rouge. just like uh. this perfect level of theatricality to him when he's mm-hmm. like, this is the Royal Academy of Science. We don't have to prove anything. So funny. Flawless He's line. so good so at that. So good. He was also in Harry Potter, I'm pretty sure. He was, um... Oh, yeah, he... I'm gonna just check, yeah. because I, I I, might be completely wrong. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Yeah, Professor Horace Slughorn. Mm. Slughorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's delightful. He's just like this little funny little dude. old man, yeah. and he's just great, yeah. And he's got such, like, he's very commanding. Yeah. Yeah, the only way the queen could stop me is if she <laughs> sat on me with her fat, big, fat royal bottom. And then he turns around and there's Kathy Bates. <laughs> When I saw her come back, because I completely forgot that she was in this, I immediately just, like, pictured her as in from, like, Titanic and her (laughs) role in Titanic. And I was like, this is great. This is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So would you watch it again? Probably not. It's a very long... It's a very long movie. And you know what's gonna happen kind of when you start watching it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's fine. Like, I think it's definitely a good movie to, like, throw on if you're, like, babysitting a bunch of kids or something, you know? Like, just keep them entertained for two fucking hours, by all means. But I, like, me, by myself, for myself, probably not. Right. <laughs> what fair about enough. you? I mean, see, I was going to say similar a similar thing, like, babysitting, you got lots of kids around, this is the perfect movie. It's yeah. got, like, really basic, like, humor at points, and, like, it's still a lovely story. But I just love this movie. I mean, I've watched it a whole bunch of times, and it's just it's just really heartwarming. It's just nice. You know, yeah, it's just, it's just lovely. And I think if I was, like, ill, and there was nothing, like, and I was just, like, scrounging for, like, a really heartfelt, chill movie yeah. that I could fall asleep to, and nothing's going to matter if I fall asleep to it, this is the perfect movie for that. Okay. So. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Hey Simone, you're a huge nerd, aren't you? I guess I am. I'd like to think so. So what if I told you there was a place, right? Now, Mm -hmm. just expand your mind. Now, we're in the 21st century. Things are crazy. There's this magical thing called the internet, right? Oh. What if I told you there's a place on this magical web, this world wide web, (laughs) where you can get all the things you love about the nerdy pop culture stuff that you enjoy the most in sort of a box. One could call it a crate even. Oh. Uh, And all you have to do is, in exchange for money, uh, you give them 
own money, and they send you a box of all your favorite pop culture stuff every month. What would you say to that? You mean that I don't have to go and shop for individual memorabilia items and waste my whole weekend? Not at all. They will do this for you. This company, this magical place that creates this crate of loot, a loot crate even, <laughs> uh, will package all the items for you and send them to your door in exchange for money. How magical is that? That sounds too magical. And what if I added to the deal? What if I were a proper salesman and I said to you, if you entered a special code, you could get 15% off on any of these loot crates that you so wished? Well, I'd have to know what this code is. Right? So this is not just for you. This is not just a secret between you and me. This is for our listeners as well. If you go to Loot Crate following the link in all of our show notes on any episode and type in the code ROBOTSRADIO, you'll get 15% off any of your purchases. 50% off all your loot crates. All you have to do is go to the code in our show notes, enter the code ROBOTSRADIO, radio and you'll get that 15% off. That sounds amazing. Guys, why don't you click that link right now so that they know we sent you. So guys, go to that link, enter that code. Thank you. Goodbye. We love you. Bye. Tell me all about the spy next door. Bob Ho. Yo, this is Ho. (laughs) We don't talk about the rap scene in this. We, we talk about that exclusively, because I love that. Especially in Jackie Chan's Broken English. Like, oh fantastic when he goes, yo, this is ho. I was just like, fuck me, this is fantastic. Let's all just give Jackie Chan a break and remember that English is not his first yes. language. <laughs> and he acts in it so often. Like, it's, it, it, drench, like, it really bugs me when people, like, make fun of people who can't, like, ha- like speak really good English. But yeah. Fuck you. How many languages do you know, asshole? Like, ugh. Yeah, I, I actually, I, so I was reading a bunch of um, really interesting facts about, or like the mm-hmm. trivia about the movie. And the one guy, I think Magnus Sheving, um, okay. who plays like the bad guy, he's actually, right. I think, Icelandic. So then he right, had to okay. learn how to act in a Russian accent. <laughs> That is actually very impressive. Which is super impressive. But then he was saying, like, his English wasn't actually that great. And Jackie Chan also, like, English isn't his first language. (laughs) So, like, they didn't know how to talk to each other. And, like, in one fight scene, like, they were pretty much just, like, guessing what the other meant. So he got smacked full in the face by Jackie Chan because he thought he had to move forward instead of back. No! That is so funny! (laughs) Isn't that so cute? Oh, my God. That is so adorable. These two... Beautiful men. Oh my word, that is brilliant. Yeah. What a shit show. Like, who <laughs> who hired these people to be in the same film? Oh god. Okay. Oh, brilliant. So let's okay. let me tell you what happens, and then we'll talk about the movie. Bob Ho, played by Jackie Chan, is an international spy. He works for the Chinese government, but is currently on loan to the CIA as like a spy exchange. Yeah, it's sort of like secondment, but for spying, yeah. I guess. He's had a long, successful career alongside his partner, Colton James, played by Billy Ray Cyrus, and his boss, um, Glaze, played by George Lopez. However, Bob has decided that it's time to retire. He wants to settle down with the woman who is his next-door neighbor, Jillian, played by Amber Valletta. The only problem is that Jillian has three kids who hate Bob. The kids are Farron, played by Madeline Carroll, who's 13 and absolutely hates everything. Young Ian, who's like a giant nerd and just trying to be cool, played by Will Shadley. And Nora, who's just young and adorable and likes animals and wants to be a princess, played by Alina Foley. Now that he's retired, Bob's really trying to make an effort with Jillian, and his chance comes when she has to go away for a week, and she asks him to babysit. He is convinced that he's going to make the kids love him. Here's the problem. 
on his computer is a file that he got sent uh, that is top secret intelligence. Unfortunately, Ian mistakes it for a concert file and downloads and downloads it to his iPod. Remember those? <laughs> Russian spies see that the file has been downloaded and need to retrieve it at any cost. So, uh, Anton Poldark, played by Magnus Sheaving, Sheaving, and Creel, played by Catherine Bocher, are on the hunt trying to get a hold of this file. There's a lot of back and forth, a lot of shenanigans, mainly as Bob also starts using spy equipment to help him parent the kids because looking after kids is really (laughs) hard and exhausting. Um, He slowly starts to bond with them, of course, then... Things start getting hard because they start getting attacked by spies. Bob has to hide them in a hotel. It's a whole thing. (laughs) Lots of back and forth. And through it all, the kids start learning to love him and really grow fond of Bob. Um, The final showdown takes place at the house where the kids actually help Bob fight. Even Jillian throws a couple punches, even though she's super (laughs) mad at Bob for lying about the whole spy thing. Um, It also turns out that Glaze was a huge traitor all along and he was help gonna help the russian spies uh in exchange for a bunch of money and he gets stopped because frankly a little late colton shows up with like a swat <laughs> team anyway bob ho and the kids save the day uh jillian's about to send bob away until she realizes that her kids actually really love him and she's re- willing to give him a chance the end oh what is your cliffhanger for this uh so my cliffhanger is gonna be this one so, Jillian, is that the woman that lives next door to your cover house? Yeah, they've been, uh, stepping out. I could never give up this life for a woman. We're spies, man. Every little boy wants to be a spy. It's the life. All the hours you spend sitting alone in a little room like this, eating cold takeout food in the back of a surveillance van, getting shot at all the time, learning how to pee in a bottle in a moving vehicle. You're doing the right thing. I just kind of loved that. I was like, wow, that's really self-aware. Yeah, it's it's a great movie for that because it's just got like so many little bits that are, and I think maybe this is just a Jackie Chan thing because mm. overall the film isn't great, but there are just no. little bits that you're just like, I love this and I love this so very much. Yeah. I mean, when you told me that we were going to do Spy Next Door, when you texted me to that, like I hosed myself because it's one that I just didn't want to watch ever. No. And, and, and of course you, you chose that one. And I'm so glad that we did watch it. Yeah. Bob Ho is a dream. Okay, you and I, like, both come from families whose parents have stayed together. Mm-hmm. So we don't know... We I guess we don't know personally the struggle of, like, Being accepting from a, a stepdad. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm sorry, if my stepdad or potential stepdad is is Bob Ho, Jackie <laughs> Chan... Um, a dad coming Hi, here. hello, love you so much. When he's singing in Cantonese to the little girl, I think it's so, Cantonese. I, it, 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 mm. Yeah, um, it's so cute, and he's just like patting her, and it's Aww. oh, I didn't know he could sing. Like I guess like, yeah, the I think he's released the, yeah. an album or two. Jackie I think. Chan, yeah. This, that dude is illustrious. I know. I love him. Oh my and god. And this, I'm kind of glad we watched this movie because it got me mm-hmm. thinking. I was comparing it, you know, because there are a lot of movies like this where, like, the action yeah. star uh, has to look after kids and then he bonds with the kids, right? Like, Vin yeah. Diesel's got one. I think The Rock's, the got, Rock's one. got one. Um, recently, Dave Batista has one. Mark Wahlberg, he's got one. Mark Wahlberg's got one. But Mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, what sort of differentiates 
Jackie Chan. And what shows, like, really well in this movie is, like, mm. at no point to him are the kids a burden. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's not like, oh, I have to look after these stupid kids and, uh, you know, do yeah. things that don't fit my gender roles. Like, yeah. he's immediately like, no, I just need to get these kids on my side. Like, I really want to help look after these kids. And I yeah. really want to do this nice thing for a woman that I love. It's never like, oh, I can't believe I have to change diapers. Oh, I can't believe I have to go shopping for princess dresses. Like, it's just, I think, this really positive form of masculinity Mm -hmm. where, like, he's clearly a tough guy. Like, he's a spy. He's Mm -hmm. an amazing fighter. Um, He's got all these gadgets. He's really confident in himself and his masculinity and who he is. And he's like... Why would I bitch about, like, having to cook breakfast or, like, yeah. uh, talk to a 13-year-old about her very difficult parent situation and yeah. her feelings yeah. of abandonment? Like, it's just, like, that's never a question for him. He's like, of course I'll do these things because that's yeah. what you do when you want people to care about you and when you want to look after people. And I just found that actually really refreshing. Yeah. Oh, my God. You've, like, I didn't even realize yeah. it until you said it, but holy shit. Like, I, I feel like like we should end the podcast there because that's like <laughs> such an uplifting note and it's something yeah. that we can all all take awareness of in the fact like it's such a common genre like you said it there yeah. with so many of these like you know it's the tough guy has to do something that's fragile yeah and you know you don't think of jackie chan as the tough guy and and uh, even though he's fucking formidable yeah um just because he's not like hench as fuck yeah but yeah and and you know, he's just, he's just a lovable guy. And, yeah. you know, and, and it is a positive role model for, for future dads, whether, you know, of your own kids or, or, or stepkids yeah. of just, you know, this is the person you love and you would do anything for them. Yeah. Show a little, like, I think it's someone who shows so much more humility and grace. It's just, it's really cool. And I mean, you know, he rose yeah. to prominence in what, like the 80s, 90s? And yeah. like to have yeah. this amazing example of like... Or a different, like, look at what masculinity can look like, mm-hmm. I think is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Just responsible parenting, and it's, yeah, Just, like, it's being lovely. a good dude who's not, like, quick to anger or anything. Mm-hmm. Just, like, a guy who's there, and he'll fight if he has to, but it's not, like, his first go-to. Exactly. And, like, I love Jackie Chan as a person, not just within yeah. this movie. Yeah. But, like, my favorite parts of Jackie Chan movies are definitely the outtakes at, like, the end of his yeah. films. Like, the ones the ones for this one were really funny. So funny. Like, where, the, where the, like, the, the female protagonist, like, screws up her lines. And Jackie's just like, I love it when they screw up on English. It makes me feel so much better <laughs> about my English. And I was like, yes, you sweet baby angel. Never stop being you. It's so great when I was reading the trivia for this movie. The trivia for this uh-huh. movie is so wholesome because, like, everybody was like, oh, I just joined because I really want to work with Jackie Chan. And everyone's like, yeah, Jackie oh. Chan's amazing to work with. Like, he's such a professional. And Jackie Chan's like, yeah, I wanted to do this movie because I love making kids laugh and it makes me really happy <laughs> if I can entertain children. Like, it's all just so good for your heart. Oh, man. Okay, so... We're cancelling this podcast, and now we're just going to do, like, Jackie Chan films. You're, <laughs> Jackie you're Chan happy with that. Jackie Chan appreciation. Yeah. We're, we're Jackie fans. Yeah. Um, and that's the name of the podcast, the Jackie Fan Podcast. And <laughs> that's that's it. We don't need to do anything else. Why would we? Did you ever watch the Jackie Chan animated show? 
with like the talisman. Yes, I did. Fucking show. That was, was unbelievable. That shit was heartwarming too. Like it had a lot of like yeah. interesting character development and like uh, it was a little a young female um protagonist or like it was like a little yeah. girl he was training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was his like yeah. um niece. It was niece, his niece yeah. and then he's got his uncle and they're like you know, trying to get the talismans, and it's fighting, but he's got, like, so the little... Oh, it was so good. Oh, yeah. Everything Jackie Chan touches just, is just yeah. wonderful. And oh, on top man. of the fact, like, you know, everybody was saying, like, as a stunt person, like, he's just mm. fantastic to work with. Like, he's so mm-hmm. game to try different things and, like, mm-hmm. collaborate. And that dude works fucking hard. Like, I know yeah. he's broken what, like, most of the bones <laughs> in his body at one point Yeah, without another. question. <laughs> Yeah, that dude, that dude has been through a lot, but, yeah. you know, yeah, snaps. Um, but going back to more of this movie yes. than, than yeah, Jackie Chan's incredible career. <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus. Jesus Christ. What, what a dream. What was he doing there? <laughs> Why was he a spy? In what world is Billy <laughs> Ray Cyrus a spy? He's like the most conspicuous man. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he spying? What is he doing? What is he doing there? And I loved his little southern little tidbits. Like, he was just like, oh, we'll get this to you faster than a hedgehog on a spiky road or something. Like, like it was just great. Who, uh, and, like, they're best friends as well, which I can kind of see. I would watch the buddy cop movie of the two of them. I'm not going to lie. Oh, Wouldn't so you? good. Oh, so much so. So you got, like, a scene where, like, oh, that would be perfect. So, like, they're in the Wild West, they're travelling down, Jackie Chan's just, like, fucking shit up, and then at night, um, Billy Richard Ray Cyrus is just there, and he goes, I don't know if you guys have heard this one, I call it Wonderwall. And he just starts playing <laughs> Wonderwall on his, just, like, acoustic guitar, just, like, every night, and, and, and regardless, just Jackie Chan is just, like, sitting there, fascinated so by this man. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Netflix, we're here for it. Any day now. Any yeah. day. So, uh, a scene that could have saved it from you? Uh, I mean, look, <laughs> we, we're saying all this really nice stuff, but it's not that great a movie. <laughs> I'm going to say no. it. It's no. um, like, you know exactly what's going to happen the moment you start watching it. Mm-hmm. The Russian motivations aren't super well established. The villains yeah. are not great. No. They're mainly kind of vicious stereotypes, but... Yeah. So, I guess I would have liked maybe more formidable villains, or, like, don't even bother with it at all. Like, just have Mm -hmm. his corrupt boss coming back to try and, like, steal the thing with his henchmen. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why Russians had to be involved. (laughs) Yeah. That being said, you know, again, I think this is a great movie to just, like, turn on for the kids... Uh, the fight scenes are really, really fun, and you can tell that a lot of, like, work and heart went into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, just, like, get rid of the whole Russian B-plot. Like, yeah, you kind of don't really, really care. Yeah. If it was just more focused on, like, Jackie trying to, like, win over the kids, mm-hmm. it could have been really fun. And, like, you know, this, like, really in-depth journey. I guess it would have been a waste because then you wouldn't have had Jackie Chan doing, like, crazy yeah. karate. But... You know, it would have just been a cool, you know, coming of age movie, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there could have been, like, the bad guy, his ex-boss, trying to get the file mm. from him for some reason and hiring henchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think that the Russians needed to be involved in it for yeah, it to work. Yeah, it was weird. No, absolutely. The, yeah, it, it's, even if just, like, yeah, like you said, the guy was corrupt, it would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from my side, I gotta agree, the Russian plot was weird. 
Um, but yeah, like I, f- I thought that the kids were won over a bit too easily for my liking. Mm. I would have, I would have like le- loved a little bit more pushback. Um, you know, I think the third, the, the the whole change, the whole arc of the oldest child with her yeah. like whole thing with her parents was like really good. That was some hard hitting stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the other bits I was just like, eh, okay. Yeah, apparently that was Jackie Chan's favorite scene to film, their little heart to heart on the roof, because he was like, yeah, these are real issues that families have, and it was cool to like show that on screen. And I was like, Jackie, be less he... of an angel. Like, I can't stand it. It's he's too good for this planet. We he's don't deserve Jackie we Chan. We don't deserve it. No, not even a little bit. Mm-mm. And it's such a great scene. Oh, that scene where the youngest is just like, I love you, Bob. It's just like, ah, oh, stop it. And they've got a little kitten. Oh, when he rescues the kitten from the roof? <laughs> My ovaries. I was like, Jillian, if you don't marry him. <laughs> I'm coming for him. <laughs> oh, Jackie. Uh, so would you watch it again? No. No, no. Yeah, i got to agree with you. I love I mean, Jackie Chan, but there are many other ways I can get my Jackie Chan fix. <laughs> it's not this movie. Do you know what would be good, actually? Mm. The only time that I would guess I would watch this again is you and I start a seminar or a course uh. for bros who are... Well, not, not necessarily bros, but fuckboys. Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. So, like, a, a, a de-fuckboy uh, seminar, <laughs> and we just show them this movie because like it will have that interest yeah. because they'll be like oh you're bro you got Jackie Chan fucking shit up and we'll be like yes yes we do but also look how he treats women and families and they'll be like look at that what exactly like, I didn't we'll know just play Jackie woman. Chan movies yeah yeah <laughs> and, and like, like I didn't know Terry women were just yes yes Terry Crews as well yeah that's a good shout yeah, because mm. he, he's he's such a f- good family man. Yeah. yeah, he's gone through. I, I like Terry Crews also because he had, like, a whole journey with, like, his mm. addiction to porn and stuff and, um like, his rough childhood and everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's come out the other side with some really good revelations around that. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. If there, if we have any fuckboys listening to the podcast, Simone and I will be starting our seminar pretty soon. Uh, if you want to send us $1,000 worth of Bitcoin, we will send you $2,000 back. And <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll link... Did you not hear about that whole twi- Twitter thing? Oh, sorry, I forgot. Yes. Apologies. I was doing a, a topical reference, which I guess won't be super topical, given that this will come out a week after it's happened. Yeah. But uh, at the time of recording, that was a topical joke, it was you guys. So funny, it was topical you guys. as shit. I'm a I'm a young comedian. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Simone, thank you so much for this week. I mean, ah, uh, Jackie Chan week. What a fucking dream. I can't believe we haven't done it sooner, to be honest. Right? This is, like, the most wholesome podcast, and he is the most wholesome yeah, human being. he should be, like, our little... He should be our new um, podcast, like, cover art. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie Chan. Should we see if we can... <laughs> should we see if we can get his likeness? If, if, <laughs> if he's cool with us getting his likeness, and him just, like... <laughs> <laughs> People are gonna think he's one of the hosts, which wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, my God. Could you imagine getting Jackie Chan on this? Oh, <gasps> Oh, I need to see if he's got, like, Twitter or Instagram, yeah. and we're going to try and get him on this podcast. Guys, if you know Jackie Chan or have any kind of connections with Jackie Chan, let him know about mm. us and how much we love him. And, yeah, yeah. So, Simone, what is your optimistic thing for this week? My optimistic thing for this week. So, I got out of the house a bit uh, yesterday, Chad. 
And um, so it's so cold here that there's snow on the mountains, which I know it doesn't mean anything to like 70% of our listener base. But but in South Africa, it's really exciting. Um, So we uh, drove to the mountains yesterday to like look at the snow. um, And it was just like so beautiful to spend like a whole day out there. It was just, it was nice. It felt like being normal for a little bit again. Yeah, it was just, it was lovely to be part of the world. <laughs> That's so great. I'm so and glad. And it was, like, so, beautiful. So it was happy. out by, like, series. I don't know if you've driven that yeah, way yeah, before. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So just That's so nice. Stunning. That's beautiful. Oh, man. Good. I'm glad, like, it could center you again. Yeah. And how about you? So it's been a week, and, um, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for... What am I going to go for? I, I, I'll go for my marks. Yeah, I passed mm. the latest course that I've done, the graduate hey. diploma in law. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I can now move on fully. I know I got into master's already, but that was a conditional acceptance upon mm-hmm. these marks, which I got back. So yeah, well chuffed about Yay. it. I got a distinction in land law. So I guess I'm going to be a land lawyer now. Um, I guess it's predicted by that fact. <laughs> so so yeah, I'm very chuffed about that. Very chuffed that I can move on and, and uh, you know, get further in in, in the academia world. Snaps for Chad. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Uh, So what do we want to do next week? Any ideas? I was thinking, what if we do Mm. disaster movies? Obviously, no pandemic ones. Yes. No pan... Like, obviously. But, like, disaster movies. Um, I was thinking... Let me just pull up Rotten Tomatoes here. Uh, We could do 2012. Oh, I love that movie. I can't believe it did badly. That's God, that angers 40%. me. I can believe it did badly. <laughs> oh, I will fight you. Okay, oh. fine. Oh, wait, no. Th- sorry, sorry. I'm thinking Day After Tomorrow. No, 2012 is Day shit. After Tomorrow sorry. also got under 50%. So we can do both of those. I'm so angry about that. But yeah, I'm happy. Which one would you rather do? I mean, you love Day After Tomorrow so much. Why don't you do that? I'll do 2012. I, I I was I was hoping you were gonna say that, but you know, like it, it was more for the. <laughs> love how for polite the, uh, you are. <laughs> of course, you're, of, you're just like, oh yeah, love day after tomorrow. I can't believe it did badly. So, what movie do you want to do? <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I don't want to. I I I I hate confrontation confrontation so very much. That's what I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> Chad, it's my it's proper English. The Englishman in me, I was like, yeah, yeah. Just, okay, I'm very happy what, about that. What I wish that I just said, oh, I'll do day after tomorrow just to watch your face. Be like, <laughs> okay, cool, great, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Fine. If you, you think you, you can do it justice, hold. then... Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Excellent. I'm, I'm excited for next week. What a okay. week it's going to be. That's going to be great. Okay, yeah. sick. Jake Gyllenhaal making a return to the podcast, my favorite human being. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And uh, while you're on the internet, you know, surfing through the the variety of websites that you surf through or, you know, just the same three that you always do, why not go and leave us a rating on, you know, Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can leave ratings. Leave us a comment as well because that really helps people sort of find out about us and, like, what's interesting about the podcast and everything. And we'd really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions for us, want to discuss anything, please feel free to do so. We love speaking to you guys. It's always super, super fun to to hear what you guys think of the podcast genuinely so where can they yeah where can they do that uh they can talk to us on uh twitter or 
no, yep, on Twitter at Fresh Tomatoes MP, on Facebook and Instagram at Fresh Tomatoes Podcast, and they can email us at Fresh Tomatoes Podcast at gmail.com. I started in the wrong place and I just got myself all mixed up. It's so funny how, like, things, you know, that become so auto automatic as yeah. soon as you do something a bit weird, you're just like, nope, don't remember any of this. This is all was awesome. not ready. Yeah, yeah. It always does scare me when you mess that up because I'm like, I can't, I can't back you up on this. I can't correct you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know these things. Like, if you, if you, if you go down, the ship's going down. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and on that note, guys, as we say at the end of every week, we love you and there's nothing you can do about it. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Goodbye! You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.